Bryson Barnes grew up in a small town in southern Utah called Milford and is the middle child of five. Bryson grew up loving sports and played a couple competitively in high school, which included football, wrestling, baseball, and track. Bryson has been playing quarterback at the University of Utah for three years with his intro to college football staged at the Rose Bowl, where he threw a 15-yard pass to tie the game against Ohio State with only a minute and a half left in the game. Bryson has an incredible story of going from a walk-on player to just barely being awarded a scholarship this month. Before his scholarship, he had picked up a part-time job at Lowe's just to cover his tuition on top of his many obligations as a student-athlete studying business at the University of Utah and starting quarterback for Utah's first two games of the season. Bryson is humble, hungry, and super down-to-earth, and I think you're going to really be inspired by his work ethic and dedication to going the extra mile in all things in life. Bryson, tell us about you if anyone is living under a rock and doesn't know who you are. Okay, so if you don't know right now, you know, I'm playing football for the University of Utah. You know, I play quarterback up there. Uh, kind of a part of my story is I grew up in a very small town, uh, like 1,200 people. You know, my graduating class had, I want to say, we had like 38 somewhere right in there. We were like one of the biggest classes to come 38. through. 38. Wow. Yeah, so. Definitely, it was very small. Everything was super like in, and like everybody knew everybody. Like you're driving on the road, everybody waves at each other. Everybody knows what vehicle everybody drives and how everybody's doing. Everybody knows how their dogs doing. Like yeah. you just got to know everything about everybody down there. So, so yeah, I came from a super small town, getting recruited throughout high school and stuff. You know, I had opportunities to go elsewhere. You know, I had some scholarship offers to some FCS conference schools and a couple other walk-on offers. And I just kind of felt like the opportunity that I had to play football at like the highest level was definitely an opportunity that I needed to take advantage of. And yeah, I came up here and, you know, I've never really looked back. I've never regretted my decision. You know, once I made my decision, I, it definitely was a lot of thought and prayer into the decision I were to make. Cause you know, there's also a, a mission that involves all that. And then you have these other schools that are saying they're going to pay, for all of your schooling or you go to the school that isn't paying for your schooling. So, you know, there was a kind of a big decision making process that needed to be taken there. Yeah. And once I felt good about kind of my decision and the path that I wanted to go, you know, I really never looked back. It was just about what was going to be happening moving forward. And I mean, yeah, it's just been a long process up here. I've been here for three years. You know, I came in during COVID and COVID was just, a, it was just jacked up. Like, yeah. I wasn't even allowed to be in the quarterback meetings with, at the time it was Cam Rising, Drew Lisk, and uh, Jake Bentley, who were the three three guys at the U at the time. I wasn't even allowed to be in the meetings because of the the numbers and then the closed space. Just like learning the offense, you know, I definitely had to kind of take it upon myself to learn it because I'm not sitting in meetings, you know, listening to coach kind of coach you about the offense. So I definitely had to kind of learn it, learn it my way. And then going into 2021 I was able to finally get into the rooms get into the meetings learn a little bit more and yeah and then obviously you know I've had my I've been playing for like two years now I mean my first opportunity I actually got in was 2021 Rose Bowl against Ohio State and so crazy yeah that was was a fun experience and then uh, yeah so I was a backup for Cam last year in 2022 I, I got in the Washington State game was my first start and then I got into the Rose Bowl after he got hurt again in the same Rose Bowl. Yeah. Got in there and then I just played these last two weeks against Florida and Baylor. 
So awesome. And I still remember that moment where you went in at the Rose Bowl and we were like, who's this kid? Who is this? And especially when you threw the pass and we scored and there was like a minute, what, a minute and a half left or something. And so then I start Googling and I'm like, you guys, the last time this kid played was in high school. (laughs) Like that is mind blowing. How do you go from your last game was in high school at a very small school to, or maybe it was state championship, but still Mm -hmm. like a high school team to the Rose Bowl. How did you go? How did you go in and not just (laughs) lose your mind? I, it was kind of funny to look back and kind of like the last time I had set foot on a football field, like I'm not sure how familiar you are with the state of Utah, but if you drive I-15, you drive through a little town called Beaver. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, that's who we played for the state championship. And that was the last oh, team wow. I had played against up until that point. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just weird, but it was almost just like, I mean, looking back at it, it's a blur, but yeah. from the things that I could remember was like when it was time for me to go in the moment, like. I don't know. Like it, it never seemed too big. If that makes like, I mean, it's hard to kind of understand, but it was almost just like, I thought of like the seniors at the time, you know, Keegan Margraf, he was our, he was our long snapper. Mm-hmm. He was just a great dude. He was my locker buddy. I just remember mm-hmm. seeing him and uh, Devin Lloyd and Britton Covey, just those seniors at the time. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to let these dudes down. Like I, I love these dudes. Like there's no way I'm going to let these dudes down. Like kind of let's go get it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I threw it to Britton Covey like two or three times. And then obviously the touchdown ended up going to Dalton Kincaid. But I just remember yeah. like Covey's my guy. I guess the guy I'm going to right now. And the guy was just kind of like, you know, I was kind of throwing the fire. There was no time to get nervous. It was just, you just, you just got to go do. What an amazing story to just come from being a walk-on to, I mean, I it's hard to imagine something more like movie worthy than that. So <laughs> yeah. what a, what a cool intro to college football. So mm-hmm. I want to go back to you were talking about how it was a really big decision to go to Utah. So why Utah? Was there something that finally kind of really made that decision for you? During that time, you know, I, I kind of, I was really kind of thinking about like Utah State and Utah at the time. Mm-hmm. Utah State had just brought in like a new coaching staff and so they brought in this new OC and quarterbacks coach. And I had a visit with him. It went really well. And I was like, man, like this. Like this guy truly believes in me and what I'm doing. And throughout this whole time, Utah was actually the first school to come in and offer me anything. Mm. So like, I mean, it was, it was just, it was kind of like a weird, like kind of turn of events my senior year that like the first school that comes in, it's the Utes. And at that time, they, you know, they had a really good year that year. They, and I want to say they were number five at the end of the regular, regular season, lost in the Pac-12 championship to Oregon that year. And it was like, man, like this team, Oh, that's pretty cool, you know. And Coach Scally, Morgan Scally, he was the one that really kind of recruited me really hard. Great okay. dude, and he just yeah. he was always always in contact with me. I would say that was probably one of the biggest things was like he was always in contact with me and just like, bro, like you need you need to come here. Like this this is where this is where you need to be. So Washington State came in and kind of offered me the same thing. It was a preferred walk on offer. Mm. And looking at the two different schools, you know, Washington State at the time they run this, it's called the air raid and they're throwing the ball like 50 times a game. Utah, Mm -hmm. more pro style, like just a different style of offense. So I remember when that kind of came out, Scally, she shot me a call and he goes, I know that sounds all flashy and great throwing the ball 50 times. He goes, but dude, you're like, you need to be a Ute. Like it was, (laughs) it it was just, that was just the way it was with him. Anyways, this is the whole story. It's like, I had that, I had a visit with Utah on a Friday a visit with Utah State on a Saturday. 
it was when the Chiefs were down in the Super Bowl against, I want to say it was the 49ers down in Miami. Mm -hmm. Morgan Scally was down there in Florida and he shot me a call with him and his son went down to the Super Bowl. He called me that Saturday afternoon and asked me how my visits went. Wow. And that was really kind of, I, I remember we, we were in Logan. So I, like I said, I just finished at the Utah State. We were getting like Costa Vida, I want to say. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh crap, Coach Scally's calling me. Like, what the crap? And had a really good phone call with him. And that, I want to say that was really kind of the time where it really kind of sealed the deal. That I was like, you know what? Like, he's really put in, I mean, he's down, he doesn't need to call me. Like, and, and I'm a walk on guy. It's not like I was coming in on scholarship. Like, I was just, just kind of like some dude. And he's taking yeah. the time. He's down to the Super Bowl with his son to take two, three minutes to shoot me a call, ask me how my business went to check on me. And so that was really kind of what led me to commit to Utah. That is so cool. Well, you mentioned scholarship. So congratulations on your recent <laughs> scholarship. Yeah, but I want to ask you about what few news places have picked up on. You were working at Lowe's before this. And <laughs> so, I mean... I just think that is so cool. Your whole story of like coming from a family of farmers and then you were still working and going to school and all of the mm -hmm. things that come with being a student athlete. So there's got to be a story underneath all of that. So who taught you to work hard? Where did that all come from? Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute because not every football player is also looking for, I'm going to pick up mm -hmm. a job at Lowe's and try to get good grades and try to be, yeah. that's, that's a lot. Yeah, uh, definitely. My mom and my dad, uh, like a big tribute to them. Like we grew up, I mean, it's kind of weird looking back at it now, you know, small town. I grew up on five acres at the time, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, kind of, that's is what it is. But now that I get out of the house, like, oh, five acres, that's, that's a lot of land. It's a lot. So yeah, we, we had, we had a big backyard. We had a garden. We had, we had a shed. We ended up building a corral to put some sheep and some cows in. Like there was a lot of things that kind of went into that five acres and I mean, it was always like, even the summertime, like summers were great because we're off school, but I mean, dad's going to work us. Yeah. <laughs> it was that type of thing. And his thing was, why wait till it's hot to get your chores done? Why not wake up, get it, get it done early. And then yeah. when it's hot outside, you can either A, go out and have fun in the sun, or you can stay inside. But why, mm -hmm. why do your chores out in the sun? So that, that was kind of the stuff that went on at home. And then obviously the whole pig farm thing, you know, that was, that was always there. That was never fun because- <laughs> when you went to the when you went to the big farm, you went in the mornings, and okay. so you were you were always up early. You were always there. There was always something to be done. There was never a day when you just woke up and was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna kick my feet up the whole day." Like no, there was yeah. always chores. There was always things that needed to be done. And if mom needed help at the farm, I mean, it didn't matter how much you whined and complained. Your butt was going out there to help mom at the farm. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I need to send my kids to a farm. <laughs> um, no, really, that's that's so cool, though. How how has that translated into football? Because I would imagine that those that work ethic has. I mean, it will translate to every area of your life, but mm -hmm. specifically, how do you see a correlation from how you grew up and then how that's taking you to where you are now? Looking back at it now, it's definitely kind of like the reason why where I'm at where I am now. Yeah, you know, like. It, it like going just purely based off just work ethic and always working for for what you want. You know, in 2020, I came in, we weren't even in the quarterback meetings. This offense we run here, it's it's sophisticated. There's a lot of moving parts that go into right. it, checks, alerts. Like there's a lot of different things that we do that we, we put a lot on the quarterback's plate to for 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 the benefit of the offense. It's to right. put us in a better. It's to put us in a better position. 
So when it comes to all that, you know, there's a lot to learn. But when you come in in the first five, six months you're there, you're not, you're not really learning anything. So I really had to take it upon myself. So when I came in to 2021 spring, that I kind of, I kind of knew what I was doing because, you know, I'm the walk on, you know, no one really knows a lot about me. Like they don't mm-hmm. know what I can really do yet. So like the biggest thing is, is, is if you, if you know what you're doing, you know, that that's, that's 75% of the battle, right? You, you got to know what to do and then you got to go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Just like that, that work ethic that I attained when I was a kid, you know, carrying over to, I got to keep grinding, learning the offense. You know, I got to keep, I got to get bigger. I got to get stronger. I got to get faster. All these things that I understood that all were going to play a part into me getting on the field. Like it, it was just a matter of time and process and just trusting, trusting that process that the work I'm putting in, it's going to pay off in some form or another. Yeah. Yeah. And was there a moment where you felt like finally it tipped and all of that hard work that you were putting in felt like it things finally fell into place? So there's actually a few things that go into that. It's like, so 2021, we brought in a, a transfer quarterback, Charlie Brewer. Mm-hmm. And I remember that spring, because Cam, Cam was hurt at the time. He really right. wasn't in the meetings. He was kind of focused on rehabbing his shoulder. I mean, there was literally like nobody who really knew the offense. No, mm-hmm. no one had been there the year before besides Cam, and Cam wasn't there. But like I had put that work in. Yeah. And kind of understood what, what I was doing, what I was talking about. And so it was just kind of funny to see when Charlie came in, you know, he, he would kind of ask me some questions. Mm-hmm. So there were things like that, that I was like, well, like, Hey, I've only been here for six months, but I've got this dude that who has had a very good career before this kind of asking me questions, you know, it was things like that. Then obviously the biggest like payoff was when, you know, I went into the Rose Bowl for my first time. Yeah. Cause like you're, you're kind of the, the whole backup situation when Cam went in, Charlie ended up leaving and then there was me and JJ. It was like, who's back up? All this stuff. And it was just like, no, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. Just keep working hard is really just kind of what it came down to. And then all of it ended up finally like paying off my first opportunity to get on the field at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So tell me what that's like as a student athlete. You've, you've talked about how the offense is really complex and there's a lot to learn as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. How are you doing that? And balancing school and you're married and you're yep. it's a lot how do you do all of that and do it well there's times to focus on certain things mm-hmm. so like for example like when i'm at football like i, I i'm all i'm all ball like i, I almost kind of i almost kind of treat it as a job like because okay. that's what i do i go yeah. there i'm not worried about anything else other than just taking care of my football stuff you set apart time throughout the day like oh i've got an hour or two this is my school time and then when I get home for the night, like I'm done with football, I'm done with school. It's time to spend time with my wife. Yeah. So just really good time management. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. That's the, it's really the only way to do it. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that even while you're talking about working on a farm and even throughout the summer, I would also imagine you're probably practicing during mm-hmm. those summers too, right? Yes. Yep. So in order to get your work done with your family and be a good athlete. There's a lot of really important mm-hmm. balance that's going on there of figuring yes. out, you know, where everything fits into your schedule. Yeah. I've never, I've actually never really made that correlation before, but just kind of thinking like I had until like two o'clock to get my work done. If my work mm-hmm. wasn't done by then, like I'm, I'm either a going to be in trouble or B <laughs> I'm probably going to miss my, my lifting that I wanted yeah. to get done. Cause then like, I make sure I lifted before my practices and then we'd go practice. And you also just like 
it was, it, it was that time management, like, Hey, like this is your time to get stuff done. If you don't get it done, well, first of all, you're going to be in trouble. And two, like, you're just going to kind of set yourself back and you're not going to get the things done that you wanted to get done. Yeah. And I always wonder this with real like superstar athletes. Was it your parents that were saying, okay, Bryson, like if you want a chance, then you got to do this and that, or was it more self-driven for you? Uh, I feel like it was a little bit of both. Like I I really felt like the, I feel like my parents really kind of laid the foundation on Mm kind of like how things should be done. And like, if you want something in life, like you've really got to, you got to go after and you got to go work for it. And so I really feel like they laid the foundation for us kids to go out there and do it. And then Mm -hmm. when we started straying off the path, I did have a couple sit downs with my dad. Yeah. When I, when I, when I, when I, when I was 16, it was like, Hey, uh, uh, you're, you're kind of over here. Let's, let, let's dial it back in. You know, this, this is what you want. Don't forget what you want. And it's okay yeah. to go out. So like, it was okay to go out and have fun. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm, I'm all ball. Like that's all I felt like really cared about. I'm people like, no, I had a girlfriend that lived over the mountain. So there was over definitely, the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> she was over the mountain. That's and beat so her. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. That was another thing with like time management. Like my dad, he was very like, take care. You know, first things first. Mm-hmm. That, that was always something that was take care of your school, take care of your football. Cause those are the, those are the most important things. Like, yeah, your girlfriends may come and go. Yeah. And to types of things like that. Well, obviously in my mind, no, she's not leaving. <laughs> so <laughs> my mind was like, okay, if I get all this stuff done, he can't say anything. I can just go hang out with her when I want. As long as my stuff's done, I gotta, yeah. I kind of would do things. And so like their hands were tied. I'd kind of put them in a position where it's like, but my things are done. I, yeah. I did all the things you, you want me to do. So why can't I? That's and awesome. so yeah, time management and all that. Yeah. But you guys met in high school. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Going into my sophomore year, we met through mutual friends. I was with her friend and she was with a different guy. And then we kind of crossed paths and she kind of played a little hard to get for the first couple months. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then finally it ended up working out and, and yeah, we've been together really ever since. I think what what I kind of joke about is like 16, the time I was allowed to date was when she actually kind of stepped in. So she, she took over that. She like, I think the, one of the first times we hung out was actually like the day before my birthday. Okay, cool. My, my, 16, my 16th birthday. And so, yeah, so ever since then, I mean, it's really just been me and her. Yeah, that's awesome. kind of a role has she played for you like what is her support meant to you and then kind of how do you guys manage that with all of the things that you're doing and maybe some of the stress that comes in with yeah having a lot of pressure to perform Mm -hmm. well there's so many just like different words you can use to describe a football wife like you never really understand what it's like until you're in it and Mm -hmm. i mean she's like your therapist she's you're the person you can always talk to she's the person that makes you the happiest like there's just so many things that just go into it like kind of like what goes into being a football wife, like football is extremely busy, especially during, I mean, it's, it's a everyday all, all year long. Like that's just kind of how, how it is. And especially during like fall camp and you start getting into fall, I mean, fall camp, I was leaving at like six thirty, seven o'clock. I'd get home at like nine, nine thirty. Wow. And so, I mean, you're, you're really never home and Mm -hmm. 
But well, what is nice is just always to have that person that a kind of keeps your head screwed on straight. You know, football it can be exhausting, and you can kind of just get in your own head about things. But mm-hmm. to have that person that's just hey, like kind of puts you back on level ground, like make sure always make sure you're, you're doing okay. And it's it's just something so nice just to come home and just have like your your partner there, like your best friend, like just someone who you really just can't get tired of being with after mm-hmm. having a 15, 16 hour day at football. Yeah. Well, I feel like, so I've been married for 12 years and I feel like one thing that I've watched my husband go through is kind of that understanding of figuring out, oh, who am I outside of my career? Because mm. for a long time, his yeah. career defined him. Like that yes. was when he met people, it was like, what do you do? was almost the first question. And then mm-hmm. when that changed, he really had to figure out, well, who am I outside of that career? Of mm-hmm. He did medical device sales for 10 years. And have you gone through anything like that? And what do you feel like defines you outside of football? And that might be hard because yeah. I know that's a lot of people know you for that, but Mm-hmm. what's that been like for you? My sister and my sister-in-law, they've both played collegiate sports before. And you know, they, what I've heard is they say college athletes, they die twice. You die once when you actually die and you die once when you get done with college because you become like this whole new person outside of your collegiate sports. Because mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, like, I mean, all the way up to this point in my life, like I've been known as a football player. That's just what, that's what I am. That's what I do. That's what I've done. Right. I mean, for the last, the last three years I've devoted every month of my life like in high school you know it's, it's the seasons kind of come and come and go but like mm-hmm. when you're in college football it's every month of the year right i feel like at, at, at this point now that i've been here for three years i kind of understand that like like when i first got here i was like oh uh, football 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 then now that i'm kind of you know you get married your eyes kind of get your eyes get opened a little bit like hey there's like there's a reality outside mm-hmm. of your, your sport so yeah, I feel like even this right now, I'm still like trying to figure that out. Like, who am I going to be outside of football? And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot, a lot of that kind of just comes down to like the type of person you want to be and the, like the values that you hold strong to. I feel like that's just kind of what's going to, I feel like as long as I hold strong to those values, you know, whether that be like working hard, maintaining a good character, just being nice to those around you, things like that. I feel like those are going to kind of help the transition from when I do get done with college sports and I move on to my career. I feel like it's going to make that transition a, a lot smoother when I have something to fall back and lean back on when I go through like that midlife crisis of like, <laughs> what the crap, what the crap am I going to do with my life? Yeah, it's more like a quarter life crisis. But a quarter so, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I think that's really good. And I think what you said about having values and what makes your character, to be honest, Bryson, that was the thing that really drew me to interviewing you was that every time I read something about you, I feel like it goes back to your character. And that was what so many people picked up on as they read about you or interviewed you. And in different places where I've read things about you, it it seems to always come back to that. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen by accident. So Mm -hmm. I think that says a lot about who you are even outside of football, which is very cool. So did you ever have any mentors? I mean, I know you mentioned Morgan Scally and he's been instrumental mm-hmm. in your uh, time as a youth, but have there been any other mentors that have really like shaped who you are up to this point that you can think of? Obviously all the way up until like the point in college, you know, like my, my parents were big yeah. having little brothers and kind of like that example, you want to step for your little brothers that I feel like really feel like that kind of shaped the person that I am today. And then even like when I got up here, you know, having a guy like Cam Rising, yeah, having that guy above me, like just just a great dude, just always there. I mean, 
he's got the goofiest personality. Yeah, he does seem super (laughs) funny. (laughs) People don't even understand. He's he's hilarious. He's got this laugh. I'm not sure if he's ever laughed and anybody's ever heard it outside of the facility, but oh my gosh, it's it'll it'll just make you laugh just listening to him laugh. Yeah. And just having a dude like that just to kind of help guide and just kind of walk you through college football and kind of what what it's like what it's about and just having those leadership qualities that he has and how he just portrays himself to the team i feel like that's really kind of helped my transition through college sports as well whereas like all the way up into that the point that i got up here like a big tribute to my mom and my dad yeah that's really cool that cam's been able to kind of mentor you and mm-hmm. and then you'll have that opportunity too or you already have yeah. you know probably with Mm-hmm. So I actually got to meet Mac. He came to my parents' house for Easter. And wow, like I've never met a more polite young man yes. in my life. He is yes. super kind, just total gentleman from yes. Southern, raised by really good parents, you can tell. So mm-hmm. that's going to be really cool for you also to yeah. be able to be a big part of other people's stories. Yes, yes. I feel like that's been one thing that's kind of weird is kind of just like the transition. It's almost like going through high school again where like, you're a freshman, you look to the seniors, like, oh, the yeah. seniors. Then, but when you get to a senior, you don't, like, realize, like, the impact you have on those younger dudes. Yeah. Until, like, you until you kind of, like, step out of your space and go, like, hey, these guys are really kind of looking to me at this point. You know, like, I'm definitely, like, the totally. oldest guy, w- one of the oldest guys in the room now. And, like, yeah. I, I just remember being in those shoes, and I and I looked to those dudes, and I just thought, like, they were just so amazing. And, and that's just, and it's just weird to kind of be in that position now with having those younger quarterbacks in there and, like, that could be the way they're looking at me. You know what I mean? I'm sure it is for sure. So tell me what you think makes Utah so special as a team, because it seems like the camaraderie Mm -hmm. and like the brotherhood or whatever you want to call it is very different at Utah. And maybe that's just my perception. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I'm just a big Utah fan, but (laughs) what do you think makes the team really special? That really is kind of like a, a true statement you kind of look at these other schools and i just think it's it's kind of just like a family aspect that we have like everybody just cares for everybody like yeah. everybody everybody loves each other like when we're going through tough workouts and, and we're running and we're conditioning and dudes are just freaking on their knees like you know it's like hey man stand up and it's just everybody just cares about each other and it and it really is just something like a part of it could be like the stuff that we kind of went through you know losing ty and aaron you know things like yeah. that they really kind of bring guys together because you know a lot of these guys your teammates is all they have that's all they have out here like some some dudes are moving across the country when you go through like trials like that you have your brothers to lean on yeah and i just i just feel like everything that's happened with with those types of situations and then just I, i really just feel like it made the team grow personally and i feel like as the team grows personally like it just kind of it just really brings everybody together yeah yeah, and I, I, you feel that too when you have that moment mm-hmm. of moment of loudness. It's really special. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wish everyone could feel what you feel in the stadium because yeah. you know you don't see it on ESPN. They don't broadcast yeah. that anywhere. It's a like only if you're live kind of an experience. And it is mm-hmm. for anyone who's listening to this and they haven't been to a game. And actually, they did it at the Rose Bowl, I think. Right? Yes. Yep. I didn't get to go this last year because I was like super pregnant and about to have a baby. But the year before, (laughs) I even asked my doctor and she was like, no, you can't go to the Rose Bowl. (laughs) But the year before I was there and I thought that was really cool that they did the moment of loudness. But what it is, is it's a, it's 
a few minutes where they play a video and everybody turns their light on on their phone. And then Coach Whittingham is giving a tribute to two different players who died in 2021, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So Ty died in December of 2020. And then Alo okay. died in uh, September of 21. Yeah. And they both wore the number 22 uniform mm-hmm. and were super close friends. And anyway, so they kind of honor both of them with a moment of loudness. And it's just, it's hard to put into words how cool that Mm -hmm. is. So yeah, you're part of something really, really neat that I think that that legacy will live on, but I think what Mm -hmm. you guys have created is something extra special. Yeah, exactly. Those, those guys were a part of the the team during that time. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bond, like you're, like you're not going to find anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So tell me maybe what, your best moment has been so far in this college football experience? Uh, is it the Rose Bowl or is it something else? I mean, sorry. Yeah, the Rose yeah, Bowl. Yeah. So I would, I would say like the Rose Bowl was probably like the, I would say it's probably like, yeah, I would say it's the biggest. You know, yeah. that was kind of like the first time, you know, I had set foot on a field since high school. That was the first time anybody was able, ever able to really see or even hear anything about me. You know, I, I was just the walk-on quarterback, you know, I was, I was really a nobody and <laughs> nobody's a nobody. That's not a thing, but right. it was, it was a very cool moment for you to be discovered. I will say that. Yeah. discovered. Yeah. There we go. I was discovered. Yeah. It was just weird. Uh, Cause I feel like the Rose bowl. I don't know. Like I didn't seem like it didn't seem like a overly big deal at the time. And, you know, obviously kind of looking back, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> The granddaddy of them all. Very big deal. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of players in their entire lifetime will never mm-hmm. play at the Rose Bowl. And it's yeah. amazing that Utah's done that twice. Mm-hmm. So looking forward, what are some of the things that you're focused on or that you're trying to work toward, I guess, at this point? Like I said before, like when you first get here and you like it, it's all ball, like all school, I got to need that school stuff. And so like right now, I feel like football, it's almost kind of become more of a take care of take care of me and myself mm-hmm. more honed in and less worried about like less worried about like results of things you know i, I read a book mm-hmm. a while back and it talked about you know just like different mindsets like people who are mo- more focused on results they aren't going to last as long as the people who are more focused on the process because if you're more focused on the process than the result then like you're going to grow more throughout that process and the results is going to be like it's going to be an after fact because you've you've worked throughout this process Whereas people who are more focused on the result, they kind of disregard the process. And it's all about, did we win? Did we lose? Did I do mm-hmm. good or did I do yeah. bad? It's more focused on that, whether as kind of like the process through things. So I feel like at this point, you know, it's with football, it's take care of the things that I need to take care of. There's no such thing as a shortcut in this game. Like if the things are the way they are, like you put the work in, it's going to pay off in some form or another. And then obviously it's finishing my school and getting that degree at the end of it. Yeah. And you're working on business right now. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Business administration on minor in management. Okay. So what do you think in 10, 20 years, what is like a dream job for you? Do you have anything in mind? I I guess I've kind of been running through this in my mind a little bit. I I would like to kind of get into a little bit like youth football training. Cool. I trained with this guy named Dustin Smith. I went to his camps growing up. And I've also gone to other camps as well. So just kind of like seeing two different sides of things. 
Dustin and quarterback league, they were really, it was focused on football. Obviously mm-hmm. there was also a lot more about like, like bullying Mm. and being nice to those around you, just being a good person, putting the work in and things like that, kind of ingraining values in 13, 14-year-old kids. I mean, they work with even kids that are younger. Yeah. It's good to hear that outside of somebody than your parents. Yeah. And like your parents can see you and tell you this over and over and over, but when you have some football coach to say it, it's going to hit a, it's it's gonna hit a, teen- it's gonna yeah. hit a teenage kid a lot different. And totally. And then you go to other camps when they're all their all their folks about is football. And if you want offers, this this is what it's all about. It's all about football. And whereas this camp was more focused on making the youth better. Yeah, I would like to do that. You know, because I I think there's a lot of because youth at that time they'd look to football coaches and dudes who have played football. You know, they really kind of look to especially like collegiate athletes, dudes that have been there. And their your word kind of carries a lot further than when their parents say something. So I really feel like you can have a really like positive impact on the youth through something like that. One of your high school coaches said about you that he said, he studied the game more than any kid I've ever coached. Is that just because you like football or is that because that's part of your strategy of understand, like having an edge on mm-hmm. your competition or whatever? Yeah, no, it was definitely kind of having an edge on things yeah. like that. I, I really just kind of, I fell in love with just wanting to know more and just understand more. Mm. So like when it came to studying film, especially in high school, I mean, so I played both sides of the football. So I, I played safety on defense, quarterback on offense. I kind of had that edge when I played certain teams because I, I knew what offenses were trying to do. Like I remember creating just little sheets just so I could take notes and just having like these sheets laid out unlike a out of this formation they run this ball this many times they throw it this many times based off what i've seen it kind of carried over into college like i didn't know football could actually get the sophisticated like i, I left high school like oh hey i know football now like oh i i, I know football i got yeah. to college and i was like i don't know anything about football <laughs> <laughs> so then it was just like i oh i need to learn i need to learn i need to learn so it was just like this constant process of just wanting to learn more and going back to high school it was to have an edge because I know no one's going to study the game like I was going to study it. Yeah. Well, obviously that's totally in the story that you've told me today, Ben, to your benefit and giving you an edge when you've had those Mm -hmm. opportunities that you're ready. Mm -hmm. So, and so much of life I feel like is about being prepared for the moments that you can't see coming. So that's been really cool. Mm -hmm. It sounds like in your college career to be able to see how that's paid off. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What is Coach Witt like and what has he done for you? Because there is something just really magical about him too, in my opinion. Like Mm -hmm. anytime I hear him give an interview or just see the way he is with the team, it seems really awesome. But from your perspective, what's that like for you? Well, first of all, great head coaches, like they, they have something about them and mm-hmm. it's always just de- demanding the best out of their players. You know, they, they want the best for you. They want you to perform. So he, he sets that standard for the team and yeah, and, yeah. and that's the way it's always been, you know, and especially like when it comes to conditioning, like, yeah, you guys ain't going to like it now, but it's, it's going to pay off. It, it, it's that type of stuff. And he definitely runs things very structured and it's very organized. Mm-hmm. Like it, he's definitely like, it, it, it's a business like person. He, he kind of reminds me like a CEO. He's up at the top. And everything's just communicated. And if there and if there's a miscommunication somewhere, like it's going to the root of the cause, finding out why this was miscommunicated. It's very organized, laid out, and there's no like 
like secrets. Like it's just this is the way things are done. Like, and he's actually kind of the one that kind of talked about like there's no shortcuts when it comes mm. to like preparing for games. Like yeah. if there's a shortcut, we would have found it already. Like there's a process. <laughs> there's a reason why we do what we do. Like just trust the process. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that you can tell a lot of times when Utah goes in for halftime, they come back out and they're a different team and it's like mm-hmm. something happened in there <laughs> yeah. that just changed everybody's energy. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. cool to see that and it's cool to see how well everybody works together. And I just think you're part of something really awesome. Mm-hmm. And from my very biased opinion of growing up as a Utah <laughs> fan my entire life. Yeah. So, all right. One last question, Bryson. If there is one message that you want the person listening to this podcast episode to remember, what do you want that one message to be? I feel like no matter what you're doing in life, like whether that be religion or sports or in life, like when you put the work in somewhere, it's going to pay off in some form or another. And sometimes it may not pay off in the way that you think it's going to, but it's going to pay off somewhere down the road that you didn't re- that you're not going to realize at the time. It's almost kind of like a, like a, my plan versus God's plan type thing. Like, mm. but like, but God, I was doing this and this and this and this, like, why didn't this happen? Because God's got a different plan. And I feel like the, the same thing holds true to when you're working and you're putting the work in towards something. Oh, it didn't pay off. Well, then I'm, I'm not going to work anymore. Like, no, it just, it's just staying true, trusting the process. It's going to pay off in some form or another. It just may not be in your time or the way that you think it's going to pay off. That is an awesome message. Well, thanks so much, Bryson, for your time today. And where can people find you if they want to follow along? And I mean, obviously they can watch the Utes play, but yeah. do you have a social media if people want to connect and follow you? Yeah, I would say the best way to get a hold of me is Instagram. And my username is Bryson underscore Barnes 10. Perfect. Well, thanks again for your time today. It was so enjoyable. And go Utes. (laughs) Thank you. Go Utes. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.